Welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. Can I just take a few moments uh, just to encourage you from the word? Every time we get together as church, church gathers around a couple of things around communion, gathers around the word, and every time you hear the word of God, um, particularly at this time of year, there's, there's something put into your life. Do you know that? So even though you hear something and uh, you might think, I don't feel any different. Sometimes when we hear, we go, I don't feel any different, but it doesn't matter because um, your feelings are, aren't, aren't the final truth. Do you get that? In fact, sometimes your feelings are just a mile, million miles away from what the truth is. Anybody? And so uh, I, I just want to take literally 10 minutes. Okay, 15, 10, 10, 10, okay? Uh, because um, I always feel wick when like, you know, I should, should have had more singing. That's what I think. You know, that would have been brilliant. But um, everyone wants to be happy, don't they? If you think, would you like to be happy at Christmas? Yeah. Do you know when you think about the world out there and what they're, they're looking for? It's like, we really, really want to be happy. And people are going to spend a pile of money and a pile of time on, on trying to get happy this Christmas. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that we could be really grateful for this year is that happiness comes and goes and it, it fleets. But the, the, the word talks about something else, which is joy. And we've sung about it tonight and we've heard about it tonight. And joy is very different to happiness. You see, happiness is an emotion. Normally that is dictated or, or created by outward circumstances. But joy is a gift of God that's given to you on the inside, no matter what your circumstances are. And joy always trumps happiness. They're, they're, they're different. They're totally different. We get confused about that. And the world around you will tell you whether you can be happy or not. Yeah, you can be conditioned by lots of things that are going on in your world tonight. But I want to give you some, a, quick, a quick pointer from the Word of God tonight just to help you. Because it's no way to live life, isn't it? Particularly at Christmas, going up and down like a fiddler's elbow. All right? You know, I'm happy, not so happy. Things are good, things are not so good. And our emotions follow in suit. Uh, one of the brilliant things about Christmas is it's, uh, the, the Lord talks about joy. And he talks about how joy originates directly from the Spirit of God. And it's not conditional on what's going on on the outside. It's a different quality of life, a different way of living, which is completely, completely different to what the world knows. So what, what does the Christmas story tell us about joy? Shall, can we just read a bit of the story? We've heard about it tonight. I just want to put it all together because there's a couple of things that sometimes we often miss. And if those other mics are still on, you wouldn't mind muting them for me because I'm getting a bit of feedback here. So it says here in Luke, it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now they were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, don't be afraid for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven and that the shepherds said to one another, what the flip was that? Uh, no, they didn't. They said, let's go to Bethlehem. All right. You just, we read this stuff, right? Honestly, I can't let that one go. We kind of go, I know they're sitting there and, uh, you know, I don't know what you would be like if you were sitting with your mates, right? And because I just read that and I go, whoa, back up, Tonto, back up, right? So the angels appeared, right? Praising God, saying, glory to God. So it was blah, blah, blah. And then they just go, let's go to Bethlehem. <laughs> That's equivalent to going like, let's go to Bangor. See the angels? Let's go to Bangor. That's where the angels are going, that we'll go there. Anyway, I digress. I would be, I would, I would probably have had to have, change my trousers I'm just being honest right you'd go holy smokes right what's going on and uh, what did I have for my tea that's <laughs> like holy anyway let's go back now to Bethlehem see we read this stuff and we kind of go anyway and see this thing that has come to pass it blows my head sometimes when I look at it which the Lord has made notice and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger now when they had seen him the baby, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Isn't it really interesting that when we th think about this, when you read that and you've seen it on a million Christmas cards and everything there else, there's a couple of things I just want to share with you tonight. Um, because what, what this tells me, first and foremost, is that God knows you and you're really important to him. What do I mean by that? Well, God, why did God choose shepherds of all people? I don't know if you know this, but like, you know, they were the complete, if you feel unimportant tonight, this story is brilliant for you. Do you know why? Because shepherds were, were the lowest, they, they weren't important people. They were the opposite on the social scale of anyone with any importance. All right, and it's interesting that God, see God's making a point to, to the world and he's making a point to you tonight that he doesn't need important people. God chooses you because he loves you. And if everyone else says that you're not important, anyone, everyone else says you're not as good as, and everyone else says that you're not as clever as or as smart as, if you're not in the right circles, if you're not, this is brilliant news for you. Why? Because when God looks at you, he goes, I choose you. The world might not choose you. Your friends might not choose you. The system might not have chosen you. Your, your employer might not choose you. But when I look at you, I choose you every time. Isn't that good news? And, and, and what, what happens is God, he's making a point. Actually, Paul, the apostle, writes it in 1 Corinthians. He goes, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you still are looking at you tonight. Not many of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Does anyone ever feel really foolish? Like, you know, like in your own head? And you kind of go, I'm actually, you know, this is really scary, but I'm kind of making this up as I go along. I mean, life, anyone? Oh, no, 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 we're sitting here. We know exactly what's going on. We've got it all planned out, Pastor. Do you know what? We are on top of it. I don't. I get through most days and go, flip me, got away with that one again. You know what? At some point, they're going to catch up with me. Do you know that feeling of, it's called imposter syndrome in the world? <laughs> Anybody? Who's got imposter syndrome? And you kind of go flipping heck. You know, at some point, somebody's going to tap me on the shoulder and go, we figured out that you're an umpty. <laughs> Step aside. It took us 35 years of your life, okay? See what I did there? And I uh, bought myself a few years. But we finally figured it out. We have finally figured it out. 
But look, look what Paul says here. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Anyone ever feel weak? Like you don't have it in you? Like you just don't have it enough? He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things. I love this. God always chooses. When you look at the Bible, right, the brilliant picture of Christmas for me, the thing that I take away from it most years is that God honors and uses people that the world always overlooks and ignores. Every time. He has a different view and a different grid of your life tonight. He's not judging you by what the world sees. He's not judging you by a past performance. He's not judging you on your best days or your worst days. Every single day, he only has one lens. And if you're in Christ tonight, his only lens is grace. And he says, I love you. I choose you every day. Whatever they say, whatever they cast up, whatever they may talk about, whatever you might think in your own head, it doesn't matter to me. The Lord says, I choose you. It's such a brilliant story. At Christmas, nobody should feel insignificant. Nobody should feel like I'm not good enough. Nobody should feel like I, I need to be trying harder. Do you know why? Because it says here very clearly that God chose shepherds. You know what's really interesting about that? The reason why they were lowly is because shepherding was a really dirty job. Do you get that? I, <laughs> I'm a townie, right? See, culties, I just think they're a breed apart. Like if you're from past Yorkgate tonight, you're, you're what's typically called a culture. If you don't know what a culture is, it's, it's country people, people off the land, right? People from past Yorkgate or Hollywood, either way, right? Either way, right? You draw a three-mile radius around this church. If you don't live in there, I'm sorry, there's something wrong with you, right? And culties, they're, they're a funny bunch, but oftentimes, I love, did anyone watch Jeremy Clarkson's program on the farm? If you haven't watched that, it's the best TV you'll ever watch, because I was like, that's, he hadn't a clue. And so I look at that. There was this whole bit on he bought sheep and didn't know what to do with them. And then sheep have more sheep. So it was the whole thing of lambing and all. Like it's bogging. It's gross. And what you notice is shepherds would have been doing this every day. And do you know what that means? They were stinking. Like really stinking and smelly. Because sheep having more sheep is not pretty, right? And as I found out, watch, I was like, oh my word, right? So they were up to their eyes in it all day. And, you know, they didn't come in at night for a shower. Do you get that? So what, they were out in the fields. They would have had a, a bit of a, a cat slick in a bowl and be out there for the next three weeks looking after the sheep. And you think, well, so what? They were just dirty. Well, because they were dirty, do you know what that meant? It's, it's a wee picture for you, right? All the religious people, because of the, literally the dirt under their fingernails, the sheep poo under their fingernails, Right? heavens above for an east belfast boy even right now my, my stomach's churning that meant that every bit of religious um involved you know they couldn't go to the temple they couldn't come near to god they couldn't receive why because even the religious system went you're dirty and because you're unclean you can't come and you know what the irony is they were actually raising the sheep predominantly that would be used in the temple and you can see from like from bethlehem and stuff like that and from all these places around the temple, you would have seen the smoke coming, and they were actually raising the animals that would have been used in the temple. But they were excluded. Do you know, the, if, if, if religion has ever, for anyone in this place tonight or anyone watching online, if religion has ever left you feeling like you're excluded because of your past, because you're, you've got dirt on your hands, 
Let me tell you tonight, God chooses you. Your mess is no match for his grace. Your past is no match for his grace. His unmerited, undeserved favor goes, I will step into the darkness, step into the world, and the dirtier you are, the greater my love shines on you. That's the grace of God and the gospel of God. Good news, isn't that amazing? And so I, I, I love that. And I love, I love the fact that, you know, they, they, in the middle of it all, they're the first people who the, the angel appears to, to to bring this good news. Then these angels appear, right? Can just imagine that. Just imagine you go to your bed tonight and you wake up with angels, right? Tell me you're not going to freak out. Angels singing, even worse, right? And uh, no, even better, I mean, <laughs> because, right? Because they sing this word peace, and peace seems to be in short supply this Christmas, doesn't it? Like, we've got strikes going on, we've got price rises, we've got cost of living, and people aren't really living in peace. And, you know, we think of peace as the absence of stuff that makes us feel uncomfortable. We've no peace, we would say. But that's not what the angels were singing here. Uh, they were not saying, like, actually, when the Messiah would come, because of the people, if you think about the context of the day, um, there, was, there was conflict in the land. The, the Jews were oppressed by the Romans, and, and they wanted peace. They wanted to be free, but the angels didn't sing that. Um, what they, they were looking for was peace between men, right? And sometimes that's why people get faith in Christianity so mixed up. Because peace is a sign of the kingdom of God. When we live at peace, when we're in the kingdom of God, we should see peace amongst us. But do you know what the angels first sang? They sang shalom, all right? And they sang this word, which was not, you know, you're going to all kind of live in some kind of hippie commune like the, the Waltons, and it's all going to be lovely between you. First of all, they sang, it was almost like the war is over between God and man. It was peace between heaven and earth. The days of judgment they were singing are over and done with. Why? Because the Lord is stepping into your world. He's stepping into the darkness to choose you. And so there's, there's going to be a time, this was the start of the time when there would be no more separation, where God would say, you will never be excluded. You'll never be far away from me. Why? Because the angels announced on that night, the war's over. God's not angry with you anymore. God's not upset with you anymore. God is very, very soon will never be judging you ever again if you come to Christ. He will only ever give you favor and grace upon grace in your life. And so his first announcement through the angels is this word, shalom, okay? And actually they said the prince of peace, Sar Shalom, is, is a descriptive name in the Bible that's used to indicate the ministry and the personality of the Messiah. And so this, this word peace, it's, its root is found in Shalom. And it means, let, let me just tell you what it means. It means to be perfect, complete, and full. In fact, the prophecy, uh, uh, how did we know that, that Jesus would be the prince of peace? Well, it was prophesied back in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. Let me read this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace five things all talking about grace right but prince of peace and and this was the name sar shalom the prince of peace and do you know what that means what the angels were announcing is this if you actually study that word out it's incredible because if you want to know joy at christmas happiness will be dependent on lots of things santa's good to you right if you're at that stage, right? Santa's good to you or not, right? You're going to be locked up with family members you probably haven't seen for quite most of the year. And you probably haven't seen them and you'll be reminded of why you haven't seen them, right? For most of the year, you'll, you'll go, oh, here, that's why I don't like you actually, right? 
Is that too honest? It's the truth, though, isn't it? You're going to be sitting there with your mince pies sticked in your throat like that. Nipping out to the kitchen to go, did you hear what she said? Look at the shape of her. Tell you next year, they're not coming to us. <laughs> you know it's true, don't you? <laughs> and happiness is going to be long gone, all right? Get your coat, it's time for us to go. All right. <laughs> Unfortunately, everyone's coming to me this year, so I can't, I can't go anywhere. That's another story. I'm looking forward to it, honest. So here's the thing, right? So the, the angels didn't announce happy. That's what the world's looking for. Let's go out for a big night. We're going to be happy. And then you wake up the next morning with all the same stuff staring you in the face. What the angels announced was this. Listen to this. If you go and you actually look what they, they proclaimed, the war is over. Peace on earth. Do you know what they did? They said completeness wholeness, health, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, no more agitation, no more discord, perfection between you and your maker. Isn't that amazing? That's what they announced on that night. And, and you know what all of that is? It's all from God to you. That's the direction. It's not God was announcing a new time of try harder and work harder for me. He's saying, I'm stepping into your world, and this is what the angels are singing over you. This is the time that you now live in. Now, whatever's going on in you, with that in your heart, you'll know joy, whatever's going on at Christmas. I want to encourage you through that. And the last thing I want to encourage you with is, they just didn't sing peace. They sang goodwill, you know, we kind of look at this stuff and it's lovely on a Christmas card, like I said this morning, but there's a word here, um, and I just, I'll, I'll finish with this. It says, you know, um, they, they sang peace on earth and goodwill to all men. This is a word, ratson. It's a funny word. And it, it, it has this deep meaning in Jewish literature, actually, ratson, because it was, it's not just about, I want, you, I want you to really think about this. You know the way you can do things but not really feel it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, good. Let me explain, right? So what I mean is, it'll be really easy for me at times to do, like, um, to do something. Like, this afternoon at one stage, I was trying to get something done, right? And are we, Sophie, who's here, and Hope and Penny, whatever they were doing, but it was, Daddy, would you put the kettle on? And I was like, can you not flip and see I'm busy? And then, Daddy, put the kettle on. Remember this, Sophie? And I was like, right, okay. Surely if I just sit here long enough, <laughs> this all goes through your head, right? Why are men grumpy at Christmas? I could write you a list, right? <laughs> I thought that was lovely. But you know what it did? I kind of got up and just, you know, after a while, I just went up and went, oh, you know, not off, flip. I was like, I was going to do something else and just flick the kettle on. So I, I did the act but there wasn't an awful lot of loving feeling towards my family as a result. Do you get that? It was very functional and transactional is what I was trying to, I was trying to say. But do you know what goodwill means? Ratson is not just about what God does. It expresses his deep heart behind what he does. It's like, this, it's like he has this strong desire to love you, to show you mercy, 
to give you grace. It's not just a transaction. It's his, the desire of his heart to love you like that. And this was a massive change in the way that they saw God. And maybe it can be a massive change for you this Christmas. Just the same way that the angels sang goodwill, right? It could be a massive change for you. To see God not as just kind of waiting there transactionally to kind of beat you around the lugs, but if you could feel his heart and his desire for you this Christmas, that deep-seated love that he has for you that sits behind everything that he does. And it never changes. And the angels announced that night, you know what? This is a different way of dealing with, with God. The, the old way is done. And for some of you tonight, the old has to go. And there has to be a new way of dealing with Jesus. And that way of dealing with Jesus is not just so much what he does, but before that, understand his deep heart of grace and love for you. Because it never changes. And the angels announced that. The war's over. Shalom. And now understand God's heart, which is full of, of mercy and love. And so I hope, I hope that helps you. Does that help? That's just some thoughts for the season. But this week, as you go into it, can I just really encourage you? Um, I'm going to be encouraging myself on this, to be fair, um, as I, we get into it all, is don't, don't search for happiness, okay? Don't search for happiness. I hope that you are happy. I don't mean that to be a killjoy. Do you get that? You know, be miserable in Jesus' name. <laughs> sure, I'll be some crack, wouldn't it? Stuck with your relatives and feeling miserable. Nightmare. <laughs> I don't mean that, but what I mean is if you take a few minutes every day in the presence of the Lord and you say to him, Father, today, thank you that you're singing over me. You're singing peace. You're singing goodwill. And it's all from you to me. And all I can do is simply receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Close your eyes and let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your word tonight. We honor your word. And we honor what it does. Father, we thank you that your word tonight is peace between us and you. Lord, the war is over. Father, we thank you for that truth. We thank you for what you spoke on that night. Lord, that this is the season that we are in. That in these days, Lord, we can know your peace. We can know goodwill. Father, we thank you that your heart and your desire for us is to know the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of your love for us. Lord, it doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter who we've been with, what we did with them, whatever is going through our heads or our hearts at any particular minute, the dirt of life under our fingernails. You say tonight, I choose you because I loved you first, the Lord says. And so, Father, what can we do other than to say, thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for being good to us. Thank you for being kind to us, Lord. Thank you for protecting and holding and providing and healing and keeping us safe. Lord, we love you and we remember that this is the reason why we gather tonight and we remember you at this time of the year. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.